Welcome to the Core Principles Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you'll enjoy this lively discussion of relevant topics, which we attempt to examine through the lens of unchanging objective truth. Here's the host of the Core Principles Podcast, Clay Howerton. Thank you, Suzanne. Today's episode will include updates and new thoughts on recent topics. First, we'll look at climate change very briefly. I spoke on this topic earlier this year and have one new item to share. Second, we'll review a couple of items about the pandemic and the response to it and the request by leftists for amnesty. Finally, and for most of the episode, we will examine the latest nationwide elections in the United States, including how heinously and criminally the Democrats apparently have acted in their stealing of elections. First, following up on the topic of climate change, scientists from around the world have responded to the alarmism being peddled by power-hungry, money-hungry scammers like Joe Biden and others like him. They have published a very brief but direct declaration about the scientific truth regarding the climate. This is available at clintel.org. That's C-L-I-N-T-E-L dot org. This is all a quote from their declaration on the climate. One, there is no climate emergency. A global network of over 1,400 scientists and professionals has prepared this urgent message. Climate science should be less political, while climate policies should be more scientific. Scientists should openly address uncertainties and exaggerations in their predictions of global warming, while politicians should dispassionately count the real costs as well as the imagined benefits of their policy measures. Two, natural as well as anthropogenic factors cause warming. The geological archive reveals that Earth's climate has varied as long as the planet has existed with natural cold and warm phases. The Little Ice Age ended as recently as 1850. Therefore, it is no surprise that we now are experiencing a period of warming. 3. Warming is far slower than predicted. The world has warmed significantly less than predicted by the IPCC on the basis of modeled anthropogenic forcing. The gap between the real world and the modeled world tells us that we are far from understanding climate change. 4. Climate policy relies on inadequate models. Climate models have many shortcomings and are not remotely plausible as global policy tools. They blow up the effect of greenhouse gases such as CO2. In addition, they ignore the fact that enriching the atmosphere with CO2 is beneficial. 5. CO2 is plant food, the basis of all life on Earth. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant. It is essential to all life on Earth. Photosynthesis is a blessing. More CO2 is beneficial for nature, greening the Earth. 
additional CO2 in the air has promoted growth in global plant biomass. It is also good for agriculture, increasing the yields of crops worldwide. Six, global warming has not increased natural disasters. There is no statistical evidence that global warming is intensifying hurricanes, floods, droughts, and such like natural disasters, or making them more frequent. However, there is ample evidence that CO2 mitigation measures are as damaging as they are costly. 7. Climate policy must respect scientific and economic realities. There is no climate emergency. Therefore, there is no cause for panic and alarm. We strongly oppose the harmful and unrealistic net zero CO2 policy proposed for 2050. If better approaches emerge, and they certainly will, we have ample time to reflect and readapt. The aim of global policy should be prosperity for all by providing reliable and affordable energy at all times. In a prosperous society, men and women are well-educated and people care about their environment. 8. Epilogue The World Climate Declaration has brought a large variety of competent scientists together from all over the world. The considerable knowledge and experience of this group is indispensable in reaching a balanced, dispassionate, and competent view of climate change. All right, for our next topic, we're going to switch to a couple of items related to the pandemic that was. And the first comes from The Spectator in Australia. Graphene oxide and nanobots in COVID vaccines enters mainstream news. So the question is, what is in the Pfizer vaccines? Recently, Dr. David Nixon, a Brisbane general practitioner, decided to find out. And he put droplets of vaccine and the blood of vaccinated patients under a dark field microscope. And this, by the way, is a paraphrase from information published at spectator.com.au. Again, that's the spectator in Australia. Now, Dr. Nixon's decision is more radical than it may sound to investigate what's in the shots. According to Sasha Latipova, who is a scientist with over 25 years of experience in clinical trials for pharmaceutical companies, the contract between Pfizer and the U.S. government prohibits independent researchers from studying the vaccines. Did you catch that, listeners? The contract between the vax maker the experimental messenger RNA maker and the government of the United States prohibits independent research on the vaccines. If that doesn't make you say something's wrong, then you may be listening to the wrong show. Pfizer claims it would divert precious resources away from fulfilling an urgent need, even now that the pandemic is past. And the question of, is the pandemic past, of course, gets different answers, even from the same people. 
Joe Biden said the pandemic is over, but Joe Biden's administration continues to have the cli- I mean, the uh, pandemic crisis uh, reaffirmed as an ongoing crisis that gives them almost unlimited power to puppet master your life. So the Spectator Australia asks this question, is this true in Australia about the contract? No one seems to know. The Commonwealth Department of Health in Australia has only said about its contract with Pfizer that it is commercial in confidence. Well, the Therapeutic Goods Administration performs tests on all vaccines for composition and strength, purity and integrity, identity and endotoxins, but it provides scant details other than batch numbers tested and whether they passed. And of course, they report that they all pass. In the United States, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention specifically states that all COVID-19 vaccines are free from metals such as iron, nickel, cobalt, lithium, and rare earth alloys, as well as manufactured products such as microelectronics, electrodes, carbon nanotubes, and nanowire semiconductors. Doesn't that sound strange? Well, notably, the list does not include graphene oxide, which has been widely investigated for biomedical applications. The toxic effect of graphene oxide on living cells and organs is a limiting factor, however, on its use in medicine. So the Spectator Australia asks this obvious question, is there graphene oxide in the shots? And what this scientist, Nixon, found and filmed is odd. Inside a droplet of vaccine are what appear to be mechanical structures. Now, these mechanical structures seem to be static, but Nixon used time-lapse photography, and what it showed was what appears like mechanical structures, like arms, assembling and dissembling glowing rectangular structures that look like circuitry or microchips. Now, I don't, even as a scientist and engineer, understand nanotechnology to understand how that could be possible within a drop of vaccine or a drop of blood mixed with vaccine. But this is what the footage shows. And it is, from this layperson's perspective, bizarro world. Well, the scientist Nixon's findings are not his alone. Similar research has been done in New Zealand, Germany, Spain, and South Korea, and they all found similar things. An Italian group led by Riccardo Benzi Cipelli analyzed the blood of over a thousand people a month after they were given the shots, and they had been referred to tests because they'd had side effects. Over 94% of those people had abnormal readings, including deformed red blood cells, reduced counts, clumps around luminescent foreign objects that also attracted clusters of fibrin. Some of these self-assembled into crystalline structures, others into what you would call branches and others into tubes. 
Now, whether this has to do with the ridiculously long and terrifying clots that we're finding in the blood of people who died after taking the shot, I don't know, but it sounds like the same kind of thing. The Italians think that the objects are metallic particles. The Italians say they resemble graphene oxide and possibly other metallic compounds. Nixon in Australia has shared his findings with Wendy Hoy, professor of medicine at the University of Queensland, who has called on the Australian government and its health authorities to explain the apparent spontaneous formation of chips and circuitry in messenger RNA vaccines. Well, I'd like an answer to that too, because that sounds like impossible science fiction. In Germany, excess mortality in people over 60 increased by 174% between the 20th of September 2021, when 85% of the people over 60 had taken the shots, and October 2022. Is there causation there? I'll let you think about that yourself. In the United Kingdom, there have been more excess deaths in the last three months than at any time during the pandemic or indeed any time since 2010. As for COVID, in Australia, the efficacy of the vaccine appears negative, judging by the statistics in New South Wales, which are limited but the best in Australia. Those show that 88% of people who died had taken the shots. Those who did not take the shots were only 0.15% of people in the hospital with COVID. So the question remains, are the shots killing people? And what's in the shots? At this point, we don't know because you're not allowed to ask and you're not allowed to independently investigate that. Meanwhile, regarding the pandemic that was, a writer for The Atlantic, a far leftist publication, called for pandemic amnesty. And I have a response. First and most importantly, let's look at what God tells us about forgiveness in his holy word from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 and 22 Peter came to Jesus and asked him Lord how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times and Jesus said to Peter I do not say to you up to seven times but up to 70 times seven times so, of course, we are to be forgiving towards people who do wrong by us. In fact, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And therefore, we should try to forgive as God forgives us. Jesus came and gave up his life for us that we might gain forgiveness of our sins and be able to spend eternity with the perfectly holy creator of the universe who cannot tolerate nor associate with sinful behavior. And what did Jesus tell us all about our part in this overwhelming demonstration of amazing grace? 
Well, Jesus said, as documented by Matthew, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Also in the gospel, according to Matthew, we read in chapter 11 that Jesus denounced the cities in which he did most of his miracles because they did not repent. Consider also the first five verses of the 13th chapter of the gospel according to Luke. Now, on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus said to them, Do you suppose that the Galileans were greater sinners than the other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that the 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And in the 17th chapter of the Gospel according to Luke, Jesus said, Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, then forgive him. Those are words of Jesus. So our part in seeking forgiveness is to repent of our sins. To repent means to turn around, thereby going away from the wrong and back towards the right, according to what God has declared wrong and right. Now, clearly, many people who sought to control other people and shame people and manipulate people and restrict people and make demands on people during the pandemic were sinning against the people they tried to control, shame, manipulate, restrict, or otherwise puppet master. I say we should forgive them and, without contradiction, first, 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 they need to repent. Now, here are some of the things they did as if anyone could forget. They shut down churches. Here in Kentucky, our anti-Christian governor sent his state police in patrol cars to church parking lots to write down license plate numbers of lawful citizens just to intimidate them. They shut down schools. They forced children and others to wear masks, even though we all had the opportunity to know and understand very quickly that masks never had any antiviral properties. And of course they didn't. They forced people to take an experimental messenger RNA shot or lose their jobs or lose their ability to travel. They pretended as if that was about stopping the spread of the disease, but they knew all along that it had not even been tested for that. They knew that the shot was only at best supposed to imitate the body's natural immune response to SARS-CoV-2, but once they had control, they made clear they didn't care at all about immunity, only about obedience. They told people, who spoke the truth about these things, that we were horrible, uncaring, granny murderers, even though they knew, or should have known, that they were lying all along. 
They terrified people with their constant fear-mongering and gaslighting on national news media. They directly led to a horrific outbreak of suicides. Those suicides would more accurately be described as murders perpetrated by the fear-mongers. And again, I say we should forgive them for all of it. And, without contradiction, first, first, they must repent. They must turn away from all that leftist wickedness. They must sincerely try to realign with the truth and with liberty, away from lies and away from totalitarianism and authoritarianism, which by definition is leftism. And then we should genuinely forgive them. Now, that forgiveness by us as individuals, by the way, would not relieve any criminal justice that might follow for certain of their actions. But we, individual citizens, are not the enforcers of any of that justice. We forgive with love. Now, let's talk about the midterm elections of 2022. Since the Democrats have proven that they are anti-American and horrifically awful in their governance in both the executive and legislative branches, which they stole in 2020 through massive fraud in six states, many predicted that 2022 would see a red wave. And since the election day, many have said that did not materialize. Maybe not. Almost a week later, many races still haven't had their results given. Now, any thinking person can see that in every one of those races yet to be called, the Republican won and the Democrats are just slow rolling results for the purpose of trying to steal those races. That's what Democrats would always try to do. But since they got away with what they did in 2020, they have become emboldened to cheat more blatantly than ever. So much so that in spite of of people losing their livelihood and worse for daring to state that obvious truth, well over 60% of Americans believe fraud has corrupted elections as of 2022. That according to pollster John Rasmussen after the November 2022 elections. Consider three states that used to be toss-ups, but which have cleaned up their voter rolls or their election procedures to thwart fraud. Looking at these three states that have taken steps to defend against the Democrats' subversion of our elections, we can see there actually was a red tsunami on Election Day. It was just limited to the places where the elections were done legitimately. Florida, Iowa, and Ohio are three states I can give as examples. They all went from toss-ups to bright, bright Republican red. States that had massive fraud in 2020 and didn't clean up their act still had massive fraud, and some are still not finished counting after most of a week because the Democrats are trying to find ways to overturn the true results there, which are that Republicans won. Looking at Nevada and Arizona, along with the ridiculous and unbelievable outcome reported by Corrupt Pennsylvania, where they not only supposedly elected a brain-damaged Cretan who vows to legalize methamphetamine, they also re-elected a candidate who wasn't even running on account of the fact that he is dead. Democrats are consistently beyond parity. But some of what the Democrats have done leaves the realm of parody and comedy far behind and enters the realm 
of capital treason. Have you ever heard of Sam Bankman Freed? Have you had a nagging feeling that the fawning coverage of Ukraine seemed somehow fishy in spite of the obviously true fact that Putin and Russia are undeniably bad? Did you know there's a connection there? A connection that also connects to the long-term money laundering crimes of the Bidens involving Ukraine? This might be complex to explain, but before I get into the details, here's the basic gist of it. Biden sent billions of your money to Ukraine. Ukraine sent much of that to a company called FTX. FTX donated millions of it back to the Democrats for the 2022 midterm elections. Here are some details. First, we get some information from the Post Millennial in an article called CEO of cratering crypto firm FTX is Dem's second largest donor. Now, can you guess who's the first largest donor for the Democrats? George Soros, a foreigner who has vowed that his life mission is to destroy the United States of America. Now, simply aligning with George Soros as an American should be enough to be treason. He has stated that his intention is to destroy this nation. And he's a foreigner giving this year $128 million to Democrats for the 2022 midterm elections. But only behind him, second place goes to this Sam Bankman Freed that I mentioned. He donated to the Dems to the tune of just about $40 million. If you've heard of him, you may have heard of him because... He just got arrested in the Bahamas where he was trying to flee because his company is in financial freefall with over a billion dollars missing. According to Fortune, that's formerly Fortune magazine and now I guess just Fortune Online, quote, 30-year-old Bankman Freed has been a major force in democratic politics, ranking as the party's second biggest individual donor in this election cycle. Bankman Freed made donations to the Dems totaling $39.8 million, putting him behind only George Soros. He had even promised to spend more money on Democrats in the future, saying he could go north of $100 million with a soft ceiling of $1 billion for the 2024 elections. But why was he on the run? According to Reuters, FTX lost at least a billion dollars of customer funds, the money vanished, and that caused federal regulators to look into the company. The investigation is to determine the extent of harm to clients and what the laws are that FTX may have broken. According to Jordan Schachtel, Sam Bankman-Fried attempted to monopolize an entire industry and deploy it into the hands of the Democrat Party. His Ponzi blew up spectacularly after successfully executed speculative attack by a rival. Whatever happens to Sam Bankman Freed, of course, it's the people who got sucked into his scheme who have lost all their money. But it's us as taxpayers who've had our money go to the Ukraine to be sent back to the Democrats through this FTX. Here's how this appears. 
tens of billions of American military aid went to Ukraine. That was allegedly to be used to fight Russia. It was cash that the Ukraine did not use to fight Russia. Much of it they invested in FTX. According to the bankruptcy filing, that money appears to be gone. It also appears to some observers like money laundering. It appears to some observers like a criminal conspiracy to violate campaign finance laws. Some observers might say that this kid, Sam Blinkman Freed, burned his own company just to make sure the Dems won midterm elections. And he did it by pulling the rug out from those who had funds in FTX. So this collapse of FTX is now linked not only to Ukraine, but also to United States Democrat politicians who got money from Sam Blankman Freed. So all of this appears like a massive money laundering operation that just broke open because they relied on a clown like Sam Bankman Freed who tried to flee to the Bahamas and got nabbed anyway. Much more to come on that, I'm sure, but it stinks. As an American citizen, if you have any concern about foreign interference in our elections, and I know the Democrats pretended to be concerned that Russia was interfering, they made up Russian interference just to blame it on a person they hated. It was all lies from the beginning. But if you actually are concerned about foreign interference in our elections, you should be concerned about the fact that China interfered with our election on behalf of the, the Democrats, and now apparently Ukraine as well, on behalf primarily of Joe Biden. Have a blessed day. Core Principles Podcast is produced in Paducah, Kentucky by Real Productions. Music is by Late July, L-E-I-G-H-T July. You can find our music on all streaming services or at latejuly.com. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Core Principles Podcast. Please visit core.buzzsprout.com for more information. And please share with your friends. We look forward to visiting with you again on our next episode.